We are learning the fifth sicha in Parshas Vayeshev and Lakuta Sichas Chelek Tesvav. This is a sicha related to the Rashi in the story of Yehuda and Tamar, where Yehuda asks Tamar, what is it that she wants as a guarantee from him? So the Postuk says, Vayomer Maha Eiravon Asher Etein Loch. He says to her, what is the Eiravon? What is the guarantee that I should give to you? Vatomer, and she says, Chosemcha, your seal, Upsilcha and your garment, umatcha asher biotcha, and the stick, the staff, that viotcha that is in your hands. And Rashi brings down the words chosemcha upsilcha and brings the lotion of the targum for chosemcha, which normally means your seal. He brings the word iskesach, and for the word which means the garment, silcha, the thing you cover yourself with, he brings the word shoshifach. And then Rashi continues and explains, for chosemcha, it means to say, tabaz sha'ata the ring with which you seal things. And silcha, Rashi says, simloscha, the garment, sha'ata miskasaba, that you cover yourself with. So we have to understand, why does Rashi take the word chosemcha, which means a seal, from the simple meaning, the literal meaning seal, and instead, translates it, though we unclose those, as ask iskesach, your ring. Number two, when Rashi tries to translate the word psilcha, he follows the word of the Targum, which means simloscha sha'ata miskasaba, the garment with which you cover yourself. The word psil is not such an uncommon word, but we don't find that the word psil really means a garment. We do find that the word psil is used as a, as a thread, or as a rope or a string. Another thing the, the Rebbe says is that according to Rashi, we have to, we should really not even have to have a translation for the word seal because it does appear often in the Torah, often enough, like many words that appear in Tanakh that Rashi does not translate at all. And therefore, why would Rashi have to explain over here the word psil, psilcha? And even if we will say, the Rebbe says, that we must translate psil that it can't mean a string or a thread like it is in other places. So Rashi should have said that psilcha means azar, as some of the Mepharshim say, azar means a belt, something worn around the waist, and that, does, and that does certainly resemble a string or a rope. Why also does Rashi have to add the words after he brings the words of the Targum and explain them by saying that it means the ring with which you seal and the garment with which you cover yourself. So there are some Mepharshim that explain what, that when Rashi adds the words tabas sha'ata chosimba, the, the ring with which you seal and the garment with which you cover yourself, Rashi is really answering the question, how do we know that the word chosemcha and psilcha actually mean your ring and your garment. So Rashi says, because the word really means a seal, so the ring is referring to the thing with which you seal things, and therefore the ring is called your seal because it is used for sealing things, and the garment with which you cover yourself, Rashi is trying to relate the word psil, which we said means a string or a thread, Related to another pasuk in Chumash Devarim, which talks about tzitzis, which tells us, Gedilim tasa you should put strings, tzitzis, 
on a four-cornered garment, a garment with which you cover yourself. So there the word, which means a string, is connected to a garment that, with, that gets attached to a garment with which you cover yourself. And maybe over here, psilcha would also mean a string related to something with which one covers oneself, which is a garment. And this actually answers a question that is raised by the Ramban who discusses this subject, that it can't just mean a garment. It did not mean that it would not be proper that he meant that he would give her his garment and he would go away without a cover-up at all. He would go away oral naked because we're talking about a special garment which is worn in addition to the ordinary garment. In other words, the garment that is worn that enables one to fulfill the misfits which have to be attached to a garment. But this only explains that chosemchan psilcha can mean your ring, that with which you seal, and your garment with which you cover yourself. But is this absolutely necessary in pshutal shel mikra to say that it means the ring that has the seal rather than the belt or uh, the seal and the belt, which are more literal and appear more frequently? And number two, the question gets even stronger. Why does the Torah have to say chosem chan psilcha and mean a ring and a garment, meaning that the ring is something with which we seal? It could have just simply said in the pasuk, tabas, your ring, tabas, tab, tabascha, your ring, v'semlascha, and your garment, which are used quite commonly in the Torah. And another question, the garment should have been indicated with the word yedilcha, because tzitzis are called with that word, as it says, gedilim, tzitzis, you should make to cover yourself with. And more basically, the ben chamesh lemikra, the child who's learning chomish, has not yet learned about the mitzvah of tzitzis altogether. It has not appeared in the chomish yet. And even if we will say that the child knows about the mitzvah of tzitzis from Rashi, where Rashi says much earlier that didn't wear a talus of tzitzis, somewhere in Parshas Noach. Therefore, Rashi does not say the word psil, and here Rashi does not mention the word tzitzis. So how would, the, how would the, the child know that these two things come together, that the garment and the strings are related one to the other? And even if we would say that Rashi does not have to tell it to us because the child is wearing tzitzis, but Rashi would therefore have to say, gedilim techasabai, we have to use that expression. So in order to understand all of this, that it is absolutely necessary to indicate that chosemcha does not literally mean a seal. So Rashi can take this out from the actual content of the Parsha itself. Where was Yehuda at this point? How did he even get to the point where the story with Tamar takes place? Because Yehuda was traveling to a place called Timna. And it says in the Pasuk, why did he go there? to shear the sheep. When one comes to shear sheep, it is not necessary to use a seal. And therefore, it is difficult if you're reading the story in the Chumash to explain that Chosemcha means his seal, because number one, why would Yehuda have to take along a seal that was totally unnecessary in relationship to the story that he was traveling to shear the sheep? And number two, how could Tamar have known that he has this seal with him and say so plainly and simply that this is the first thing she wants from him. Therefore, Rashi comes to explain, according to the Targum, that Chosemcha, the seal, really means iskisach, a ring. The ring has in it a seal. And this is an ordinary thing 
that people would wear a ring on their finger. So there's nothing new in the fact, nothing extraordinary that Yehuda would have it with him because he was wearing it anyhow when he was going to shear the sheep. Therefore, therefore, we have to know that when Tomer want, wanted from Yehuda a guarantee, so what did she choose? What kind of things would she choose? Number one, the kind of things that were precious to him, understandable. He would understand that she wants something of value. And number two, things that are, have a personal connection with him because she wanted to show that these, ultimately that these were his things. Therefore, we have to say that when she asked for Yehuda for the seal, she didn't mean the ring as a ring per se, because a ring is not really a substantial kind of security or guarantee that Yehuda would come take it back. And it's certainly not something so personal. Therefore, what did she ask for? And this is what Rashi emphasizes when he says, Tabas, a ring, that you personally use as your seal, it's personally connected to Yehuda. So she imagined that he would probably come back to retrieve it and not leave it in her hands. And now we can also understand why the ring here is not called a ring, but it's called a seal because it's essentially the seal that she was referring to. She was not asking for his ring, but something that had a more personal connection with him. And according to this, we can also understand why Rashi doesn't say, like some of the other version, that the word silcha, which we said can mean a string or a thread, would mean a belt. Rashi doesn't say it because a belt in itself does not have such a great significance in a personal connection with Yehuda. Therefore, Rashi says that shoshifach, your garment, and immediately adds what kind of garment? Not any garment, but simloscha sha'ata miskasaba a garment that do Yehuda cover yourself with it because important people do wear very special garments as we saw earlier in, uh, in the story of Yaakov and Esav that Esav had certain very desirable garments that Rivka would look after or we saw that when Eliezer came to the house of Lovan and he brought gifts and he brought for Rivka special garments so similarly Yehuda who was a person of important stature Pinky was the greatest of the Shvatim. He wore a special garment. And therefore, Tamar asked that she would like that particular garment, the garment that's not just a garment, but the garment that's specifically and uniquely his for him to cover himself. And this way, she would imagine that he would actually return to her to retrieve these things. And now we can understand the question of the Ramban, that the Ramban said, how did Yehuda leave his garment by Tamar? Because this was not the only garment that Yehuda was wearing, but a special garment that he wore as a sign of his stature. To explain this question, how does the word psilcha, which really means a thread, how does it come to mean a garment? So we can understand this from Rashi in an earlier parsha. When we learn in the Chumash, the story of the birth of the Shvatim, and we learn that Leah gave her, the, the Shvatim, her children, names. So we learned that she called Naftali, Naftali. And the Pesach says, Niftule Elohim Niftalti. And there Rashi says, what does the word Niftalti or Naftuli or Naftali mean from the word Pasil? It means connected, chibur, attached. And that's what she was referring to then, that she was becoming attached 
to her husband. But here we are referring to a garment which a person uses to cover themselves, and that's why it's called posil because it becomes, when you wear a garment, it becomes close to you, it follows your body, and it literally is attached and becomes part of you in a sense. And just like the seal is specifically written to emphasize that it's personally his, so to pasil cha, for the same reason, the word psil, which means connected, it's explaining that Tamar was asking for Yehuda something that was specifically connected with him, and that was the special garment that he, as Yehuda, wore as a special garment, additional to his other garments, or his other garments, which indicated that this was something special for a special person like Yehuda. So this is how we understand what it is that Tamar requested from Yehuda, and we understand that the words of the Pasuk would not have for us the same understanding in Pshat if Rashi did not bring the words of the Targum and then explain them the way he does. In the next part of the Sikha, the Rebbe goes into a deeper lesson in the words of this Rashi, which we call Yena of Torah, the wine of Torah, the good, deep, powerful taste in this parish of Rashi. Because when we look at these two above-mentioned uh, extremes, really, in the case of the ring that you seal, that you use to seal with, and the garment that you use to cover with, what was Tamar really looking for? What was she really trying to explain to Yehuda? What kind of message was she giving him? What did she want? So from one end, Tamar wanted that this guarantee that he would give her which was the seal, not so much the ring. She wanted something that had a special connection to him. She wanted specifically the seal, because what is indicated in the seal that a person has, the seal that the person has, the seal that Yehuda had, was a sign of his mastery and his greatness and his importance. It was the seal of Yehuda. On the other hand, this seal was really a part of a ring, of the ring. And this fits in with the idea that we learned in the Rashi that she was asking for a tabas, a ring that has a chosem, that has a seal, as it's explained in Hasidus, that this is connected with the general explanation in Hasidus for the reason why Tamar asked for the three things in the above-mentioned pasuk with which we started the sicha. Rashi explained too, the third one is a word we all know, chosemcho, meaning the ring that had the seal, silcha, the garment with which he would be covered, and the special garment in addition to the regular garment, and matcha, the staff with which he, which he held in his hand. So to understand this, the Rebbe brings a very interesting medrash relating to what a seal indicates and shows that this indication is similar to what we have in the posuk over here. So we're all familiar with the story in the beginning of the Chumash, the second parsha Bracious, when Hashem has finished creating the world, and we learn about the Indian of Shabbos, which we say in Kiddush. The Pesach says, lokim bayom asher Hashem completed, Hashem finished on the seventh day the works that he had done. So the Medrash here says in Medrash Rabbah the following thing that the Chachamim give here a mashal, a parable of a king. And for this king, a ring was made. And what was the ring lacking? 
the ring was lacking a seal. So too, Hashem created a world. And what was the world lacking at the point when the six days were over? The world was lacking Shabbos. In other words, the world without Shabbos is like a ring without a seal. And Shabbos becomes the seal to the ring. What does it mean that Shabbos becomes the seal to the ring? And what is meant by the word ring in Hasidus? So tabaas, which is the common word for a ring, is from the Loshon Teva. Teva is the word we use for nature. Teva is really from the word drowning. And the way it refers to the natural order of the world. The natural order of the world is an order in which we don't really see godliness. We don't realize that Hashem is the master of the world. The world just goes in the natural way where the godliness is hidden and drowned out in, in it. So Hashem created Shabbos, which is a seal. The seal is a testimonial and a memorial to the fact that Hashem created the world. As it says in the Sefer HaChinuch, which explains all the mitzvot, and in the discussion of the mitzvah of Shabbos, the Sefer HaChinuch says these words, that this mitzvah of not doing Belach on Shabbos, Koveya establishes in our hearts the belief in the renewal of the world and their and creation and renewal of the world. And therefore we know from here the lesson that Hashem is constantly recreating the world, Tamid all the time, as the Alter Rebbe explains at length in Tanya. Similarly, in the names of Hashem, so we have the word Elohim, which is numerically equivalent to the world Hateva, which means the nature. And we have the name Yudke Vavke, which is a combination of the three words Hoya, Hove Vihia, past, present, and future as one. And this is the essence of Hashem. What is the Chosem? What is the seal of Hashem? This is the revelation of the name Yudke Vavke, as our Chachamim teach us with the expression Chosem, Oshel HaKadosh Baruch Hu Emes, the seal of Hashem is emes truth, as it says, ve'emes Hashem la'olam, and the truth of godliness, that is forever. And Hashem is the source of everything and the root for everything above nature, and refers to not a natural conduct in the world, but the, mirac the miraculous conduct when we have extraordinary miracles in which the truth of godliness is revealed, and we could actually see with our eyes that Hashem is completely above nature because the miracle is something that's totally above nature. And this resembles the above mentioned virtue, so to speak, of a seal in the story of Yehuda and Tamar. Specifically, this seal had to be a guarantee for Tamar that Yehuda uh, would come back because the ring in itself does not really in an open way reveal the connection to its owner that it's specifically Yehudas, it's just a ring. But the seal that's on the ring indicates that this is specifically belonging to Yehuda. just like Shabbos is the indicator that Hashem creates the world and renews it every moment. And this is also representing the difference between the six days of the week, the six days of creation, and Shabbos. In the six days of creation, the six days of the week, how was the world created? So if you look into the beginning of the Torah, it says, Bereshis bara Elohim. It was created through the name Elohim, which is indicative of a natural behavior, a natural order. 
And even though this Elohim comes originally from the name Yotke Vovke, because the name Havaya, Yotke Vovke, Hoyahobah is also from the root that he makes it be, and Hashem made the world be, but it's in a way that the godly aspect of it remains hidden. And it only becomes revealed and has an effect in the world through the name Elohim, through the nature. But Shabbos has the additional fact that it is the seal to this creation. As we said, the seal of Hashem is Emes. The fact that the only truth is Hashem and the name Hashem in itself comes down into the world on Shabbos. We see something higher. And this is also related and fitting with the difference between the chosem, the seal, and the tabaz, the, ri the ring, in terms of the spheros, because when the world was created, of course, we know that Hashem's light was channeled through all the different spheros till it came down here into the lowest level that there could even be a physical world. Godliness was so hidden. So chosem would refer, the seal would refer to the sphere of Yisod, the, the sixth Svira, in which all the higher levels come down in a very high way, and Tabas, the ring, would refer to Malchus, to the last Svira, because the last Svira is the source for the order of nature, and Yesod, which is above it, is the source for the miraculous order, which is above nature, which would be representative of the name Yudkei and of Shabbos, the seal. As we said earlier, just like the seal in itself is not an entity unto its own, but it is something that is in the ring. And therefore, through the seal, we can tell who is the owner of the ring. In the case of our story, the ring belongs to Yehuda. So to Shabbos, which represents a higher order than nature, an order related to something miraculous, is not something so separate from the six days of creation from the created world, but it's the seventh day that comes after the sixth. So to be the seventh, that has to have a connection to the sixth that came before this. What does Shabbos do? Shabbos brings the perfection and the completion into the creation, as our sages tell us, the following statement. What was the world lacking after the six days of creation were over? And they tell us, it was lacking Shabbos. This means that the shlemus, the perfection, the completion, the ultimate wholesomeness of nature itself really lies in the fact that we bring that which is above nature into nature, or in the words we were using before regarding the names of Hashem, we bring down the name of Yudke Vavke as it exists in itself, higher than the world, into the world. And this is really the way we serve Hashem. There are two ways we serve Hashem. There is the way of serving Hashem that's called Alpitam Vadas, follows a natural order, something that follows reason and knowledge and understanding. And we do normal things in a normal way. And this is the way we live in this world. The godly light is normal. It's in a way that it exists in the world, the world as we know it. And then there is an avod, a kind of divine service that is much, much higher than any reason or understanding. And this is the avoda of Mesiris Nefesh of one actually giving over his life, his will, his very essence to Hashem. And this brings down a light that is higher than the light of creation. And this is representative and expresses that Hagan, this is the miraculous kind of conduct in the world. 
And this perfection, this completion of this avoda that's according to Tanvadas, the normal way, is specifically great, specifically meant to be permeated by and penetrated with the avoda of Mesiris Nefesh that comes from higher. So we have to bring down those higher lights into the daily mundane activities. And this, we're getting to the conclusion of the Sikha, where everything becomes resolved in a practical way for us to learn how to live. So the above-mentioned explanation that we learned regarding the seal and regarding the garment, or the ring and the garment, and the names Hashem and Elohim, and the days of the week, the Sheshus the days of creation, and the Yom of Shabbos, which is representative of Emes Hashem, Havaya. So this is really when we speak about the fact that what did Tamar want? She wanted the seal and the ring. The seal and the ring together is really the composite of Nais, the miracle, which is the sphere of Yisod, which is represented by the, the seal and the ring, and Teva, which is nature. And this is connected with the inner, innermost explanation or the inner explanation for why Tamar wanted specifically these three things from Yehuda. Chosemcha, which we said was the ring that has the seal in it, the ring with which he seals, Psilcha, the garment with which he covers himself, the special garment, and Matcha, the staff. So we have to go here to look in some other places, and the Rebbe brings down from the writings of uh, the Arizal, that Tamar is representative of the sphere of Malchus, the last of the spheros, and therefore she wanted these three things from Yehuda, because these three things represent these last three spheros. Yesod, which means foundation, which refers to the seal of the ring. Netzach, which refers to the garment with which he covers himself. And Hod, which refers to the staff, as Siddhis explains. And the, with this, what Toma really wanted was the combination of the spheros that are higher than Malchus, Netzachod, and uh, Netzachod and Yesod, Netzachod and above Malchus, and of course Malchus, which is lower, that all these higher, the lights that come down from higher, that really cannot manifest themselves in the lower spheres, should really come down into the sphere of Malchus. And in Hasidus, this is called Binyan Malchus, the building of Malchus. And therefore, in the story of Yehuda and Tamar, what do we see? That ultimately, from the union between Yehuda and Tamar, we have the birth of Peretz. Who is Peretz? Peretz is the one from whom come from whom the kings of Malchus based David. David HaMelech is a direct descendant of Peretz, and descending directly from David HaMelech is Mashiach. In other words, Mashiach is the ultimate building of this Malchus, and this Malchus will be completed in the future, La'asid Lavo, but it's something that started originally in the story of Yehuda and Tamar. And the Rebbe says, perhaps we can say that this is also the inner reason that Rashi says on the word chosemcha that it means a ring with a seal. Why specifically, em specifically emphasizing that the word chosemcha is not a seal, but it's referring to 
the seal that's on the ring, as Rashi learns out from the Targum, because the seal of a ring is really the combination of the sphere of Yisod, in which all the higher spheres culminate, and Malchus, into which they all flow to make something where godliness is not so revealed, but that's the natural order of things. So it seems over here that the chosem, the seal, and the tabas, the ring, is really fitting in line with the general theme of the story of Yehuda and Tamar, which was really to build the malchus to bring down the higher sphera into the lower sphera, into the tabas, into the sphera of malchus. And now we could understand what the Chachamim say, that Chosemcha, which was referring to the ring, when Yehuda gave her this ring, he actually fulfilled the inin of Kiddushin. He actually sanctified Tamar as his kala, as his wife, with a ring. By giving Tamar his seal, his ring, Yehuda actually took her as his own. And this is really the source for the custom that at the time of a chuppah, the chasm is makadesh, the kala, sanctifies the kala actually with the ring. This is where this idea comes from. So now we have to understand what does Kiddushin have to do with the ring? And why is it indeed that our custom is that Kiddushin takes place with the ring? And also the fact that the Torah alludes to the idea of being Makadosh with the ring, where do we know this from? Specifically from the story of Yehuda and Tamar, where we learned that by her asking for the ring and her giving it to her, he was Makadosh. So here we understand that there is a very innermost thematic connection between the two. And this is the explanation. It is known that the revelation of the infinite light of Hashem in our world really becomes manifest through a marriage, through Nisuin, because what's Nisuin? When two people get married, it's an, everla an everlasting edifice, as we call a binyan ad everlasting, ain't infinite, because marriage here on earth between a man and his wife is parallel to the combination of the chosem, which represents the seal on the ring, the seal being the miraculous kind of behavior, that which is higher. Like we said, Shabbos is the seal for the world, and tabaz, the ring, tabaz being from the exact same word, astava, which is nature, which is the revelation of the infinite light, of the light of the infinite God in our very material world itself. And therefore, being that the true and complete building up of Malchus, which is really the combination or the composite of the infinite light of Hashem with our world, with the world where godliness is hidden, or as we call it, Nes and Teva, mirac miracles and nature, or we could call it Yeso, the higher levels, and Malchus. This will happen, La'asid Lavo, in the future, when Mashiach will come, but it started with the Kiddushin of Yehuda and Tamar. And therefore, it is specifically by the story about them, through them, that this becomes alluded to in conjunction with when one marries a woman, he is Makadosh her with the ring, as we know that when two people get married and they bring a, a new life into the world, 
that is a manifestation of the infinite light of Hashem. That is the closest thing that one can come to in resembling Hashem and bringing him into our world, to see the real manifestation of Elokos in our world with our very eyes of flesh speedily in our day. Thank you.